Hello and welcome into the Celtics Life Podcast. We are so close to basketball with the start of the regular season less than a month away, but there's still some waiting to do. Along with that, there's also not a lot of news, but we've dug up some fun content for you listeners on this episode, including Kyrie's visit to ESPN's first take, what's going on with the Marcus Morris trial in Phoenix, and with NBA 2K18 being released, Mark and I are pretty pumped about the ratings for the Celtics, kind of what's going on with this new game, and if you're a gamer and enjoy it, you're going to enjoy our segment, because it's going to be awesome. I'm Topher Lane, here with Mark Allison. Mark, how's it going? Pretty good, man. What's going on? I have played 2K for, like, all of my awoken hours when I'm not at work. Like, I've been constantly playing. It's been awesome. Yeah, but full disclosure, I have not got 2K yet, because I had a bunch of shit to do this weekend, and if I did, I wouldn't have done any of it, but I will be yeah. getting it. I will be getting it later this week. Cool, good. And then, then you can just play constantly, which is Exactly, sweet. which is what I'm going to do. Alright, well, well, we'll get the important stuff out of the way first before we go into gaming and kind of go down that rabbit hole. We'll start with probably the most consequential for the Celtics. Marcus Morris and his brother Markeith are on trial in Phoenix. What do you, what do you know, at least right now, about, about the trial? Well, so I, I, I read, um, an article from our guy, Thomas Lane, no relation to Topher Lane. Yeah, um, what a- yeah. There can only be one T lane. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> a little confusing sometimes in the emails, but uh, yeah. So um, he was breaking it down. I mean, I guess he's an ex um, criminal prosecutor or something like that. So what a guy to have on staff uh, writing about it. But uh, yeah, he he broke down the the whole thing. Uh, what different outcomes could be? Obviously, um, uh, a suspension would probably be likely, depending on what comes of it. If there's a plea bargain or if there's a so I'm, I'm, I, I don't, I don't really know much about this kind of stuff. I mean, obviously it's a little bit of a black eye for the new guy there, but, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Well, so my understanding is that this most likely may end up just being a hung jury or a mistrial. Right. And, and then he it, talked about that quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. In which case there'd be no suspension or anything. And I ideally, Marcus would be able to play game one of the season. And that, that, that's not saying that we don't want like justice if something happens. Like if, and, and you ran us through kind of with the case, which is essentially that the Morris twins got into a fight, like outside of a basketball event, because apparently this guy had like been texting their mom or something. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they, they got into a fight and like apparently really hurt this dude, according to accusers. Yeah. It's like five guys and two of yeah. them. Yeah. Twins, which are pretty big guys, so I mean, yeah, that's, so it uh, probably wouldn't have gone well for that. For that yeah, team. not lately. But so, at least my understanding is the day one, the attorney for the Morris twins said, "Well, they weren't even there." Right, and then they've denied they even knew the guy. But yeah. I guess there's evidence to the contrary there. I mean, yeah. So, and this is obviously an ongoing thing. I think we just wrapped up day two. I think day three is in the works as of this recording date, which is Wednesday. So, you know, it'll be a work in progress. We'll kind of figure out what's, what goes on. And we'll obviously have coverage on the website on CelticsLife.com. But it's something that is going to be kind of moving pretty quickly when stuff does happen. But it may take a long time. And Right. And, yeah, right. and if it becomes a mistrial or a hung jury, don't, can't they be retried? I mean, that does, right? Yes, that, but it's a very, very, very long process. So like, go uh, Right. So it's something that possibly wouldn't affect this season. Yeah, and I I believe, and that maybe we need to bring this up with with the other lane. Maybe. Yeah, maybe we'll have him on as a guest when this is all yeah. squared away. <laughs> Our other guy. Uh, 
and that's you know it's i i've done a lot of legal stuff as far as like my day job as a reporter i cover a lot of legal stuff but you know it's just it's a lot of just waiting around for for answers and things like that there's sometimes mm-hmm. months where nothing happens because they the judge needs to make a decision or something like that so we'll kind of see what happens and it will develop um as it does so unfortunately there's no like concrete answers right now but trial is ongoing and the possibilities are that there could be a 10-day suspension for both of the Morris twins. And also, I think that comes with a guilty plea, which is kind of what the... Mm-hmm. Right. Or if they take any kind of deal. Yeah. And I believe, from what I remember, prison time was at least discussed. But I, I don't know if it's likely. Mm-hmm. So, and again, this is all when sentencing and things come out, which could be a very long time away. So Right. On that note, brighter things. that was the important thing that we had to kind of clear out of the way because that's, that's the most like affecting of this because you suddenly you don't have the guy that you, I mean, it's losing Avery Bradley and then also not getting the guy that you traded him for. Right, right. Really kind of sucks. So hopefully this doesn't affect the Celtics this season or at all. But another dude, Kyrie Irving, who is now a Celtic, decided to go on ESPN's first take to talk about really everything as far as the decision went. What were your thoughts on that? I, I, I don't know. I took it differently than most people. A lot of people were like, oh, yeah, he's explained it. But I, I didn't think – I didn't get anything out of that interview other than um, he he really doesn't have a great relationship with LeBron just just based on the way that he answered when they, they asked him if he talked to LeBron and he was just like, nope, why like why should I? Like, you know, like I don't I don't have to do that. So, I mean, clearly there was a little uh, disconnect there, but I think we kind of already thought that anyways. I, don't, I, don't, I didn't really get anything out of it. There wasn't really a lot of new information from this, you know? Right. Like, I was hoping that there'd be something, like, really brand new. And, and I think that the biggest takeaway that I had was him saying that he just wants to play point guard, like be a real point guard. Right. And no, and I, that, that, that I did get out of it, too. You're right. Yeah, and so that indicates to me that he just didn't like any he indicated he didn't like one-on-one basketball which obviously brad steven's system i can't remember the last time we ran an isolation (laughs) we don't have anybody to run ourselves with now we we do but even with isaiah it's like when he was was on fire they'd still be like no you're gonna move the ball you're gonna move there's not right and and not not only that like he would be isoed up against like two guys and you know we we, it wasn't you know it wasn't the same Yeah, so it's really it's cool that, that this is a possibility of, of Kyrie being, you know, interested in being an actual point guard because there's some concern about how he's going to fit onto this team. And if he really wants to be a distributor and like you know play in the scheme of Brad Stevens' offense, that could be really fun to see that mm-hmm. grow. So I mean, they, he's got a great lineup around him <clears throat> of like the wings that he has to distribute to, and he's got some shooters, and uh, it's going to be really interesting. Yeah. And then I, but so I kind of want to ask your opinion on this. I wrote about this last night. Jalen Brown was talking about kind of the upcoming season, and he and Al Horford have both agreed this is like the most unprecedented roster turnover they've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Especially Horford, who's been in the league for like 10 years. Right. Never seen anything like this. And so Brown agreed with Terry about how it's going to probably take some time for the team to gel. Right. Do you, I guess, are you optimistic about how quickly this this will come together? 
Well, I, I would disagree on one point that it's the quick, the craziest roster turnover because the 07 to 08 Celtics, uh, or 06 to 07, I'd rather, um, the offseason where we acquired KG and we went from worst to first there. And uh, that was a little more impressive to me. <laughs> Just well, because. Impressive. Yeah, but. Unprecedented sure that they were an Eastern Conference, yeah, um, finalist and, and still had this kind of turnover. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, but. I, I think it's possible, but I, like like with that team, I mean, we saw how quickly that team came out. The original, well, second big three, Celtics, they um they came out of the guns guns blazing. Would they win their first eleven games or something like that? Yeah, um, and that was a big roster turnover. I I think when you have the talent, and these guys are talented, we're talking about Kyrie, um, Gordon. Um, Horford, it maybe because a lot of the guys are younger. I, maybe it, it has some growing pains. I'm not sure, but I, I think those guys are going to assimilate pretty, pretty well. I, I have pretty good amount of confidence that Brad Stevens is going to, um, you know, help them gel together quickly. I, I think they could have a little growing pains coming out of the block, but I don't think it's going to be as bad as some people think. What? What do you, I guess? What do you think are both sides of that? Then, what do you, how, how many? How long do you think people think this is going to take? Well, I, what, where where you think we're going to? Do you think we're going to be out of the gate? Solid? I, I think it's possible that they could come out of the gate solid. I, I I don't I don't take that off the table. I don't get me wrong. There might be a game here or there. Things happen at the end in the beginning of the season, but I think this team's going to be better than a lot of people think too. Um, I I just I I think when you put that kind of talent together. This is going to be a, a really fun team to watch, and I, I think they're going to be pretty explosive, and I think they're going to be pretty good right out the gate. Wins projection. Uh, what did we win last year? 53? Yeah. 50, 53? Um, I say over. Well, yeah. Um, well, yeah, but I mean, a lot of people aren't saying that because people are saying I mean, that we're coming out to slow starts. But in a worse East, like who is our – it's basically – Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think we're going to be real close to 60. I say we push 60. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we got 60, but I, I'll, I'll say 60. I would say 60 wins. Yeah, no, I, I can agree with that. I think 60 is like a floor. And then I guess it depends. I don't think it's a floor. I, I think it's very possible they could be less than that, but I, I don't. Um, I think optimism? Isn't. Hmm? Oh, no, I, I'm telling you. I just said, told you I'm <laughs> optimistic here, but that's a, I mean, 60 wins is, you know, it's a lot. I don't know. There's three all-stars. Yeah, no. I'm assuming, cool. assuming you consider Horford an all-star, which some people... Yeah, I do. I do. I, I think that he takes a hit by playing in this system and not putting up like the same numbers in every category. He spreads it around more, you know? I Well, yeah. Like overall stat distribution, sure. Mm-hmm. But the his ability to actually just play basketball and like fit into scheme is even greater now because there's so much less... Yeah, no. I, I agree. A thousand percent. And I'm going to use this to segue into 2K because I've been playing nothing but 2K. Over. <laughs> Here we go. Like, my ability to run pick and pops with Horford has been obscene. Mm-hmm. He's, like, led my team in scoring so many times. Where I've played, like, nothing but the Celtics. Mm-hmm. And the, his ability to just hit from, like, anywhere on the court and the fact that they want to double Kyrie off of the the pick and roll. Mm-hmm. They just, like, they, they lay off Horford and then he just sits there on the line just drills threes. Mm-hmm. And then no. you got... You drive, you got Hayward on the wing, you've got Horford who can grab rebounds, and then apparently Marcus and Baines, Marcus Morris, I should say, Marcus Morris and Baines have the ability to just gobble up rebounds, apparently. So, 
it's cool. I really like it. And and it's fun because Al is, is really good all around. He's been my go-to player, surprisingly. Now, are, are you a, a play always as a Celtics guy? I, I am right now. I would well. I will be when I get the game too because I really like this roster and it's my kind of two K roster. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm not always necessarily a, a always play Boston guy. No, yeah, I like I like mess I like messing around like mm-hmm. playing different teams and stuff. But right yeah. now I'm just kind of in part because the yeah. is so different. Mm-hmm. I'm like trying to get the hang of it, and I know that I'm gonna have to play my friends, and I know that they're gonna play like the Cavs. My friend who's a Cavs fan, mm-hmm. and I, like I'll be able to beat the Pistons, whoever I am, because I've got Pistons. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I want to be a good Celtics just so I can be like, ha, I beat you with my team, even though you're the Cleveland Cavaliers. So. Right, right. Now, what's the, what's the big differences in this game? They, there's a lot of random things that are just from 17. I wasn't crazy about 17, but the gameplay itself has just changed. It, it just feels so much more intuitive. And I'm going to talk about the players because Kyrie, and you and I talked about this before, Kyrie mm-hmm. is just the most explosive and like he can really score from anywhere on the court. And it's tons of fun. He's, he's an ideal point guard in video games. Yes. Like, handle, yeah. can shoot, can take it to the lane. I mean, he just kind of, he does all the things I want my 2K point guard to do. Yeah, because defense doesn't matter in, in NBA too. Right, you don't, that's not right. So we yeah. throw that right out the window. And yeah. Isaiah was great last year too, but Kyrie is on another level with that handle. That's the kind of stuff that I like. My issue with Isaiah in 2K and why I didn't like the Celtics so much in 17 is because they can't, figure out how to use his height because right it's like, it's exactly got, it doesn't factor in it doesn't translate to the video game yeah he obviously was able to like protect his use his body to protect the ball and he was able to like very rarely get blocked but mm-hmm. in 2k it's like if you go up for a layup where there's anybody near you it's gonna be blocked right and that was really frustrating because yeah. like so much of isaiah's game was driving his, lane yeah, and layups. sneaking around guys and right it's very hard for them to translate that so it's cool to be able to score at the rim with the point guard. It's exactly. fun. It's a fun feature to have. But then, yeah, <laughs> the, the, ability, the ability to this lineup specifically and to actually like spread it around the floor and have so many guys who can score. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that Marcus Smart, it, he still has like the stats of a bad shooter, but is able to hit wide open threes because nobody covers him. Yep. Like, and that's that's probably how it's going to be because the, the lineup. The starting lineup, as 2K predicts it, is Kyrie, Marcus, Hayward, Morris, Horford. Mm-hmm. And there's just nobody to cover. Yeah, it's the, right. If you have to double team the other two guys. Right? Yeah. So, and so it, it's like, and, and then they try and double Horford because I kill with him. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, that's stupid. <laughs> like leaving everybody else open. Like that's, that's the stupidest decision the computers could make. So it's awesome. I love it. It's a lot of fun. Now, now you were breaking down when we were talking with Justin about this the other day. You were breaking down how the ratings get to the numbers that they're at, and I never knew this. Yeah, well, so basically, I mean, if a guy, so Justin was upset that nobody's rated lower than like sixty, right? Which the way that it works is there's a ton of different stats, and so if you were a one at everything, then you'd be ranked, or your rating would be one, right? So the fact that these guys are in the NBA for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like we have to, they're at least all at a, you know, somewhat professional level here, right? Yeah, I mean, so that's that's why player. they're all generally 60s. And the guys who are 60s a lot of times have like specializations in certain things. Right, like one guy's a shooter or one guy's a rebounder, but maybe doesn't yeah. do anything else well. Yeah, like he's slow or something. Right. Like it, it evens out where like their their base stats are a lot lower, but they have something that that brings them to the NBA. And so that's why you have like guys at like sixty and stuff. So like, mm-hmm. if you were at like anything below sixty, 
and and they did one time. You play in China. Yeah, <laughs> and, and if you actually look at the the foreign leagues and stuff, because they do have like you can play in like the Euro League stuff like that. They, right. they make those teams, and those stats, a lot of those guys are below sixty, you know, and and it's. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they do their research and they have their guys dedicated to players who they had to figure out, okay, this guy's probably like 55 speed, but he's like an 80 shooter, you know, and, and right. that evens that it out. But there's so many stats of like tenacity, quickness, and I, I, the breakdown is insane how many stats they have, like your ability to. It's, it's yeah. pretty amazing that they're, I'd say they do a pretty good job of, yeah. of, you know, allocating the stats. Yeah. And they're the wild cards, right? So we talked about Isaiah a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. like how. Right. They can't figure out his height. And right. the same thing with, with Steph Curry's shooting because they they don't want to just give him a 99. Right, because then everything's going to go in, right. Yeah, and so it's – and the way that I believe it works is basically your rating is like if you were wide open, you're going to hit this shot this amount yeah. of time. But like you're right. going to kind of that, – that's my understanding. I may be wrong in that. Yeah, but, yeah. No, I, I think you're right. But so Steph Curry, they, they just couldn't figure it out because then when he's defended, he still shoots – obscenely well and they needed to figure out how to do that and then the fact that normally it's within a reasonable distance so when you are within like five feet of the three-point line it's like your typical stat but there's deductions as you get away from the three-point line stuff like that mm-hmm. but steph curry it can shoot from half court at the same rate that someone can shoot from within five point five feet of three-point line like they they, they w- had one weekend where they fixed that and like got rid for steph curry of the distance limitations <laughs> and it was stupid like everyone I, I played online that weekend and everyone was taking full court half court shots of steph curry and they were falling like it was just like just that like, yeah. yeah so yeah so it's it's fun and and they again they do such a good job of, of calculating all this stuff and it's like tons of algorithms mm-hmm. which is why 2k is like probably the most realistic sports game and it's it's a lot of fun to play these celtics because we have so many more threats also have to chime in with Jason Tatum being sexy as hell with his step backs and fadeaways and his ability to throw down on LeBron, which I've done once or twice. I, I imagine that he was going to be pretty effective in the game because yeah. the the offense translates. He's a lot of fun. Now, that, he they, he's a 77 and Jalen's a 76. Yeah, isn't that kind of weird? I, I think that's a little weird. I mean, uh, I guess I, I imagine that Tatum would have been better in the game just because of the offensive arsenal. Like, you know, he's his game would be really fun to play. He's a guy that I would want to use. But at the same time, I feel like Jalen's defense should have him as a higher rating than Tatum. I don't know. Well, let me... Uh, so his, like, Jalen's... I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. His kind of top abilities are lateral quickness, vertical, and layups. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jason, it's mid-range ball handling and layups. Okay. So obviously as a scorer and as a threat offensively, Tatum has more to offer than Brown does. But I think Brown's athleticism is higher and things like that. Yeah, yeah. And all those things are going on. So I'm not sure what makes these rates. I I guess let me see if I can break down like their exact stuff. See if I can kind of figure it out. This is like a lot of. I'm like looking at yeah. this. Well, I mean, I know, I know they have a system, and they, they, you know, that's how they come up with these ratings, and obviously that's the way I laid out. But I don't know. I would have thought he would have been higher. That's all. Yeah. Of, of all the guys on the team, who who do you think got the shaft? Um, let me look at these. Gershon. <laughs> at seventy-one. Yeah. 
Yeah, look, run, run us through the, the numbers. Crunch us through the numbers. Of- so we've got Kyrie at 90. I I think that he should have at least been 90. So I think that's fair. Yeah. And on the other side of it, Isaiah's an 89. <clears throat> so we won the trade. Um, <laughs> calculate everything by two. Yeah. Now on. Gordon, Gordon's an 88. Um, that seems about right to me. I don't know. Um, yeah. That's an elite player. Yeah. Um, I, you know, Al's an 83. I think that might be a little low. But I do think that's low. I think yeah. he gets underappreciated by... I, he gets underappreciated by everybody, even Celtics. Yeah. So, but at the same time, it's a respectable, you know, pretty much... And when you're in the 80s and above, you're an all-star or borderline all-star, generally, right? Yeah, I guess. I, well, I guess it goes a little beyond that. But Al should be higher than 83. You know, eight. I should I should say eighty four, eighty five, and up is all stars, right? Yeah, and like if we were looking at the entire thing, I bet you anybody with an eighty four and higher is an all star. So it's kind of shitty that he's an eighty three, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Jalen and Jason with seventy seven and seventy six. Uh, Marcus Smart at an eighty. Is that right? Yep. Love it. <laughs> uh, Terry and Aaron Baines both seventy fours. Uh, Marcus Morris, 77. Semis is 70. I like that. Semi 70. Cool. Uh, Gershon's a 71. Nader's a 68. And Daniel Dice is a 71. Mm-hmm. And then Larkin. And then Larkin and Allen. Allen are, are, do they have ratings? Are they, or are they not on the roster? Okay. Yeah, they're not in yet. Right now, there's only 13 on the roster. They have to make the team. Um, yeah. So, I, think, I think the okay. game's confused by the two way contracts right now. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure they don't know how to deal with that because those guys are going to play, but at the same time, you know. Yeah. Um, but so, who do you think of all those guys? Who do you think would will end up at the season with the highest, like the biggest jump in rating? Uh, Gershon. I'm going to say it again. Gershon. I love Gershon. Gershon. You think he's going to close in in the higher 70s? Yeah. Well, I, you, I, I um. You think he's going to play a lot this year? I hope so. I hope so, too, but I just don't know with Brad Stevens. And I'm going to chime in by saying in 2K, Aaron Baines makes me so angry. Really? Like, can really, he, really. Can he do anything but rebound and block shots in the game? He just drops the ball constantly. It was like turnover after turnover after turnover. That's and then I, I put in Yabu, and Yabu was, like, throwing down alley-oops. And it was yeah. Really- yeah, I, I, would, I would imagine that Yabu's a more effective player in the game, just based yeah. on the offense, if you're going for that unlimited offense. Yeah, but I was really, I was angry. I, I think I, I got really pissed at Aaron Baines. I like wanted to tweet at him and be like, fuck <laughs> you, Aaron Baines. Yeah, I was screwing me. <laughs> um, I, see, I think, I think Jalen will surprise people this year. I think he's going to be a big, big part of the Celtics this year. He should. And, and I think he's going to, he'll close out the year, I think, in the low 80s or 80 at least. I hope so. And I, I also have to say the commentation made me so upset because they were saying, in the game where I was killing it with Al Horford, I had like 25 points with Al Horford. And mm-hmm. like, it's great to see this from one of the team's lesser known players. I was like, are you kidding me? Al Horford? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> I think it was Clark Kellogg or something. I was like, what, uh, what the hell are you yeah. talking about, Clark Kellogg? So that, that made me kind of upset. Yeah, that's upsetting. But that my the very first game that I played KG was like, they, they have guest commentators now. Oh, that's awesome. And normally I don't like like the effort that they put into like the broadcast stuff and like the halftime right. show and things. When it's when it's fluid, it is nice. And like this, when it when it doesn't sound weird. He was only on for the first half and he was talking about like Area 51 and like all these things that he does. Yeah. 
and it was really oh, cool. cool. Sneaky I, like, way for them to uh, a sneaky way for them to uh, promote things too. Yeah, and I, I like wasn't for the first time ever. I wasn't like skipping through timeouts because I just wanted to hear what KG had to say. I want to hear what the tickets got. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So I actually I, that was totally really cool. And it was the very first game. I haven't heard him on since, so I don't know like what the algorithm is for. Mm-hmm. But you're right. How how that's that's cool. I wonder I wonder how many different guest appearances they have. I have played probably like 15 games, and I've had different like play by play color guy. Like Chris Weber has done a couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clark Kellogg. How how amazing! Clark. How amazing! Since it's come from like w- way back in the day, like NBA Live, the original original NBA 2Ks with like Steve Kerr and like Marv Albert. Yes, and they say the same things every <laughs> like you know you you couldn't go through the whole game, the same game without them saying the same line. Yeah, even as recently as when Steve Kerr was on the the color i could i could like predict what they yeah, were you knew exactly what he was gonna say yeah you know? and then especially the year that he left and he went to the the warriors mm-hmm. they just replaced him with like terry the jet and he just said the exact same script and it was <laughs> they they just, like they didn't have time so like okay just read steve's script just read steve's stuff yeah just inserted it so <laughs> I, I remember i was kind of annoyed with that in like 2k 15 or whatever but yeah. side note my i got my buddy really hyped about buying 2k mm-hmm and we were at work, and he was, like, really excited about it. And he went home, and then I get a call from him, like, an hour later. He goes, guess what I just did? Like, I, you bought 2K. He's like, nope. Uh, I, you bought the, like, Legendary Edition for, like, 120 bucks. He's like, nope. He's like, what did you do? He goes, I was so excited. I went on the Xbox Live store, found the first thing that said NBA, and bought NBA Live. Oh. NBA Live what year? It was this it was this year's edition, but I was like, wow, you just got like the watered down edition for sixty bucks. Because I got you so hyped to get two K. They they don't make NBA Live anymore, do they? Yeah, they just they restarted like two years ago. Dude, I loved NBA Live. Well, I was you get that instead, man. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. Jeez, I didn't even know that, dude. I, I'll never forget the year that I went down. This was probably like ten years ago. I don't even remember when the last NBA Live came out. It was like oh eight or something like that. Oh nine. Um and I went to go buy NBA Live, and the guy at the game store is like a GameStop or something was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, they're not making it this year." And I was like, "What? What do you mean they're not making it?" <laughs> and I had to get 2K, and it, I didn't like the change because the buttons were backwards. Pass and shoot were opposite. Oh, like shoot was always circle with NBA Live. Oh yeah. And then they no, it was layup was square circle. I don't remember whatever it was. It was reversed. You know, I'm talking PlayStation. Yeah, you're talking PlayStation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I couldn't get used to it. Like I'd play my friends in 2k and I would be awful at it. And then I, I had to learn. So, wow, that's pretty, that's a, what a development there. There's a, there's like a free demo. If you want to, if you want to figure out, live, oh, I'm going to give it a whirl. That. Yeah. Give that, that a shot. Definitely. And then before you get 2k, I guess, if you really yeah. want to try, I, I'm going to have to get 2k though. Cause that's what everybody plays now. Yeah. Right? And it's not, <laughs> I don't think they can come back. No. <laughs> it's too late. It's the, it's too far gone. Yeah. It's it's kind of dominated. It's like how two K tried to break out of into baseball, and then mm-hmm. the show was just like, "Yeah, no, you're not gonna." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've got a handle on this market. You're fine. And I used to love MVP baseball. Same same oh, thing. Yeah, so that game was the NBA MVP baseball two thousand four. Is that, so, that but it might be the greatest game of all time. Yep, and the soundtrack especially. Oh man, that was, that was the one with Manny Ramirez on the cover, right? Yes, yes, yep. it was. I still have that somewhere. I know it's on my added for GameCube, and I loved that game. Mm-hmm. I actually, I remember I used to make myself and give myself 99 ratings because you could create your player with like max. I never made players in the baseball game. I probably should have. Oh, so much fun. I used fun. to do it in basketball games all the it was time. so much fun because there was no, there were no limits on how good you could make yourself. So I yeah. once made like myself and all my friends on the Red Sox, obviously. Yeah. And we all were like 99s 
Yeah. I would literally do nothing but hit home runs. <laughs> like first pitch, it'd be like way it'd be like a high fastball like at my chin and somehow i'd knock it out like 450 feet is did you did you look like mark mcguire uh yeah probably i looked probably closer to barry bonds at the end of his career <laughs> nice <laughs> just naturally and if he, i don't know if you ever see i'm like a small dude i'm a little little guy so it, it would, had no comparison whatsoever it didn't look like me at all besides oh, you know what we were talking about before too was wicked interesting you were saying there's a new game mode this year the the because yeah. we were talking about i'm a big draft your team and then play a season kind of guy uh but that tell 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 everybody about this because this is pretty yeah cool. it is pretty cool so it's into my team mode which i don't love the my team in general i liked it a couple of years ago where you you know you draft kind of a team with with cards and stuff and then you build your team from the bottom up of like really crummy players who are bronze all the way up to like star players and it was fun uh, but they've made it a little bit too much about like card picking for me but so they just added like a fantasy one where you draft five players using cards and that you don't have to like pay anything. It's just like you start a league, you get five players. Mm-hmm. And so you pick, there's five rounds and you pick two cards and you choose one of those players and they're all going to be good players. And then you play like a five on five against another guy who does it. So, and like I said, they're good players. So the first time I did it and I, I didn't think about it. I just was like, oh, I want the best player I can get. So I chose. Uh, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, John Wall, Goran Dragic, and Jimmy Butler. Which, <laughs> Talk about you know, small ball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's small, but it sounds like a really good lineup. And I was like, man, nobody's going to have this many good players. So I'm awesome. Run them off the floor. <laughs> I was really pumped about it. And then it turns out that they had uh, some good players. And Andre Drummond, of all people, was the one who just backed <laughs> down everybody. <laughs> he would just get the defensive switches. And even if, even like, I was trying to score on fast breaks. That's really all I could do because I couldn't get to the rim around Andre Drummond, who was just kind of patrolling the paint. So, yeah, he just backed down like Russell. Just like using Shaq in like 2K3 or something. Yeah, like. it was really disgusting. <laughs> just, I, I felt I felt physically sick after the first game that I played because it was like the first quarter was like 33 to 10. I was like, this is all not, Drummond. This is not good. No, so, speaking of speaking of guys scoring all the points, did you see that video of Tatum uh, playing? 2k like an arcade or like oh my god dude you gotta look this up so he's playing his boy is is snapchatting or filming him whatever it's on twitter and um it's it's uh jason tatum he's playing the celtics against whoever i forget what it was say he was playing against the Cavs or whatever and the celtics have the celtics are down 27 to 24 something like that and tatum has scored every single point with himself <laughs> and his boy is busting his balls look at those shot chart and it's, it's just all tatum shots he, he tries to score every point with himself that is oh that's awesome, amazing dude. i would totally do that if i was an nba player i wouldn't I, even it wouldn't even be need for other guys on the field yeah against my my old roommate i used to play and i, I would specifically like make sure I was scoring with one guy specifically. Oh, I I always used to do that too. Yeah. I mean, so I played as like the Lakers and Kobe's last season. I, I dude, I used to use the Lakers all the time, and I would always use Kobe. I would not let him. I would not score with anybody besides Kobe. So I had like ninety five points with Kobe, mm-hmm. and he was just dead. Like his energy was completely gone by like the start of the fourth just dead so he i genuinely was like we're gonna look at the like they kept subbing him out naturally i had to turn off auto subs because they kept just like he needs to rest coat like and i was like no he's he's playing um and then i swear i was expecting to see him like with a oxygen tank on the side i thought they were gonna like add that in because of how much i was murdering kobe bryant but he's scoring for me it worked 
Hey. It was fun. It was a good time. Um, okay, like we should, <laughs> as fun as this is. The 2K is uh, great. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to pick it up. Absolutely, you should. And uh, well, I'll ask you for you. After I try that demo for NBA Live, though, let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, you got to check I'm that out. I'm not out yet. I checked it out. Um, the new jerseys, you wrote about the new jerseys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the alternates. I, I think they're fire. Those I are know. sexy, man. Sick. Uh, now, I will say this, though. The one thing I didn't notice is, I don't, I'm not so sure if I like the green trim that goes all the way down the sides. I think that looks kind of funny. But I have to see it up close. I've only seen the pictures, you know? True. I like the green trim around, like, the sleeves and, uh, you know, around the neck. But the stripe going down the side kind of threw me for a loop. I didn't see that when I first posted about it. But, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still think it looks sick. But. Yeah, no, it is. It is pretty cool. And so, Shane Larkin was the one who... <laughs> Shane Larkin. Yeah. I didn't recognize him. I might him. never play a game in our jersey. I mean, he probably will now, but could. it's possible that he doesn't. I was kind of confused. Game. I didn't know yeah. who it was. I was like, who's yeah. that dude? What's going on over there? Right. So I, was, I, wasn't, I wasn't quite sure what was going on. It, it probably would have been a, a better idea to use one of the guys on the two-way deals. At least they're, um, you know, guaranteed a roster spot this sure. year. <laughs> yep. But that's all right. Uh, similarly, I, what did you think of the other jerseys? Did you have any thoughts on the other ones? Because there were some pretty cool uh, I, I, Those Minnesota ones were gross. They looked like those Oregon um, crazy yeah, the ducks, yeah, or the Seahawks, and I don't, I don't like those. And I'm, I, like I, I'm green. That color's fine when it's an accent color, but when your whole shirt is that color, ugh, that's gross. Um, some of the other ones were cool, and some of them didn't look any different than any jerseys. Like, yeah. What did they change? The lettering or something? I, I, some of them I couldn't even tell the difference from regular jerseys. Mostly the Knicks and the Lakers had like. Yeah, the Knicks. I mean, what was it? What was the difference? Was it outlined or something like that? I didn't even. Maybe, like, Maybe it's the I, back. I, I mean, I didn't study them, but I it just didn't look. You know, whatever. Do you have like a hierarchy? Teams. Um, first. I don't know if you like broke if you looked that closely at the other ones. I I mean I did. I can't really remember what was uh, what was there any that stuck out to you. I liked. There were some obscure ones. I think the Trailblazers had some cool ones, but they always have cool ones. And I think I like the, the Nuggets. Too. The Nuggets had a nice one, if I remember correctly. They st- it was similar to what their regular jerseys are, but different color pattern. And the uh, um, like I I like their jerseys with the with the um skyline. You know the the mm-hmm. city skyline. I think those are fresh. The uh, Warriors had the like Oakland with the oak tree or whatever, which I thought was pretty solid. Let's say that. Oh, I don't remember. I'm gonna have to look at that. Cool. Yeah, the Nuggets were sweet. That was kind of payback. I didn't care about the Pacers. The Knicks looked exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, that's. A... I'm going through yeah. the list of so sorry about this, but I'm going through yeah, yeah. all these things. The Jazz are kind of cool. They're like just like pure yellow and like got the logo and it doesn't say Utah or Jazz anywhere on the front. It's just the logo. Like the basketball. what are the what are the jerseys called again? Statement jerseys. I just said, I just looked up alternate NBA jerseys. I think they were, yeah, but they were called like the statement. Yeah, I think they're the statement ones. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's see. The Cav ones are okay. I mean, they, yeah, those are not bad. The Dallas one looks pretty cool. Um, with the, um, I don't even know what that is above the, it's like a cloud, but <laughs> maybe it's like a dust bowl or something. Wow. It looks cool, though. I like the colors. ESPN says we're among the worst. Yeah, they're idiots. Worst five. That's ridiculous. I, I like the jerseys because they remind me of those those Bulls alternate jerseys, and I used to love those, especially in like the nineties. Mm. Um, the, it was pretty pretty sick. I like yeah, I, I, I like those Nuggets. I'm ones, excited so. to get, and I, I told you I flipped for it of whether I was going to get a Hayward or a Tatum jersey, and so mm-hmm. I'm going to get a Tatum alternate or statement jersey, I guess. 
Okay, that's fine. You just stay away from Marcus Smart. Yeah, with my jersey curse. curse. Yeah. No, I, I don't want to get either, I guess, for that reason. <laughs> I should buy the stupid Aaron Baines jersey. We're gonna get, I was just going to suggest uh, a Nader jersey. Although I like Nader. I what like. a waste of money for an Aaron Baines Celtic jersey. I'm going to see one of those, and I'm just going to hate whoever's wearing it. Just naturally. Yeah. It's going to be bad. Do you think anyone's bought an Aaron Baines jersey? Um, maybe it's like, like his cousin, band. or yeah, like uh, I mean, hey, d- don't get me wrong. I think he's gonna be good. I think he's solid. I like those big guys like that. I'm sure the first time we've had a mauling center like that since Perk left. Yeah, I'm sure once the season starts, they'll feel much better. But just right now, my frustration with 2K. Your frustration with 2K. I know, yeah, and I, I guess I need to separate the two. And I need, right. to, yeah, for Aaron, I guess I'm, I'm being too harsh, too early. So this is the guy that drafted four point guards in 2K. Hey, hey. Those are talented guys. Right. <laughs> I had like a, I had a choice between, I think my backup, like most of them, my second choice was like some crummy middling center. And I was like, no, I want, you're supposed to fill out the ball. team. What? You know? Yeah, fine, whatever. Fine. <laughs> uh, Andrew Bogut signing with the Lakers, which, sucks. yeah, it's kind of a bummer. The, just cause maybe they'll be better. Like, yeah, does that affect our pick? I, that was the thing that got me. I, I don't know. And of all the teams that he could have joined, I heard Minnesota was real interested in him, Cleveland, Celtics. Um, and you're going to go and play for one of the worst teams in the Western Conference. I don't know. Yeah, kind of strange. But maybe maybe he's going to get a chance to play and he's looking for next year's contract. I don't know. Um, that, but that, I don't know. It's How old is he, 35? He's old. That's all I know. I know. He's, I mean, he's got to be up there, right? He's breakable as hell. Like, I, well, five he's bucks been breakable. Five bucks yeah. says he doesn't make 20 games. Yeah, so maybe it's better that we just don't get the letdown. Maybe he would have played well for us and we would have been disappointed in the playoffs when he wasn't around. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, anything else you want to hit on? Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty good to me, man. Josh has a pretty uh, dope interview with the Brooklyn fan. Yeah, so we've had a couple of other fans on. We're going to try and bring some more, but right now we got Josh Coyne who talked to a Brooklyn fan about kind of everything that's happened over the last five years. Five years? How long ago was that? Um, you mean since the since the trade? Yeah. Uh, I think it's been, uh, thir- that was 2013, right? Yeah, so four or five years around there. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, so Josh is talking to a fan, Sandra Mui. Oh, it was 2012. It was 2012-13, yep. Sandra Mui. Okay, well, I'm go. sure he pronounces it better than we did. Yeah, we're going to send it over to Josh. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'm Josh Coyne, joined by Sandy Moy of Brooklyn Nets blog, The BK Game, 16 Wins a Ring, and brooklyn.com. Hello, Sandy. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, good, thank you. And we, we, we're here to discuss the interesting dynamic between the Celtics and Nets fans of the last couple of years, as well as the team's future, now that they're almost free from the proverbial shackles. So, Sandy, I'll get straight into it. With the Kyrie Irving to Boston trade, the Celtics parted ways with the final Nets pick, putting an end to an era for the ownership of all Brooklyn assets as a result of the Pearson-Kevin Garnett trade. I want to discuss how it's felt to look on as Boston's accelerated rebuild um, continued throughout the year. So has the fan base grown a natural resentment to to Boston during this period? I don't know if it's just me, but I've just always had a resentment to the Celtics, and I am a Nets fan, just so I uh, make that clear. I feel like like maybe it's part of like them being both Atlantic division teams, 
I don't know if this rivalry has existed for like ever because I've only been around for so long. I'm I'm only 20 years old. I would say all Nets fans ever since the trade though have definitely hated the Celtics. And you know, so have have the have the Nets fans almost found it to be more of an incentive to win in spite of Boston as the Celtics fans kind of rooted on a nightly basis for them to lose? We always have the mentality that there's no reason to tank because we don't have the draft picks. So I don't know if that has anything to do with the Celtics. It, of course, goes back to the trade and us giving up all those draft picks. But you'd like to see a team win, I guess, even if they want to tank to get that um, you know, like lottery pick. And I think it would be tougher to see them if they had to tank because we see how that goes with some teams like last season with the Phoenix Suns. It's just really hard to watch. And the Nets were losing games even though they had no incentive to tank. And that just had to do with them not having a lot of talent. There are many injuries throughout the season. Mm. I don't think it really has anything to do with the Celtics in that sense. It's just because we didn't have a pick. Right. Okay. But obviously, you know, regardless of the incentives or, you know, regardless of the feelings towards towards Boston, obviously it's been a kind of a of a slog, but obviously one that may end up being uh, worthwhile at the end of it. Was it made worse by the fact that, you know, with the move to Brooklyn and a very positive image rebrand, um, it, it would have obviously been massive to have some competitive years straight out, out of the gate. Was it felt to not felt like not to have kind of full control of your destiny to so to speak i'm a brooklynite and i've loved the nets since their new jersey days so i was really happy to see them come to brooklyn it's just not really the team i pictured because i didn't see them coming out of the gates and trying to win a championship like that that was just the identity they had for a full-on rebuild like that and it obviously hasn't worked out but I'm sorry, what was the question again? So so basically, was it made worse by by the move in terms of obviously it was a very, the move with Kevin Garnett and Pierce was, was so close to the actual, the move and the rebrand to Brooklyn. Do you think it kind of was a bit of an anticlimax in that respect? It definitely was. I mean, I guess we got to the climax right away because everyone just expected this team to be a super team and win it all. And it obviously hasn't turned out like that. I mean, looking back now, the Nets are much more successful in their New Jersey days than their entire time here in Brooklyn. Because they made the finals twice in the early 2000s while they were in New Jersey. And growing up, I was a huge Jason Kidd, Richard Jefferson, Vince Carter fan. So I look back at those days and I'm like, those were such good times. And now we're here in Brooklyn just trying to make the playoffs again. And... Obviously, like like you mentioned, when the trade happened, some people had the idea that it could possibly be uh, a super super team, so to speak. Um, had the had the Garnet and Pierce trade worked, you know, should they have been able to maintain for health the the team able to contend for or even possibly win a championship as you know a, a minority expected? Would that have made this kind of slog worthwhile if this happened after that after some possible success? I guess it, defi- it depends on how you define success. What are they? They got to the playoffs that year, but obviously they didn't get very far. So if they stayed and like it turned into something 
that was more progressive and they, they got further in terms of playoffs. I think the problem with the Nets is that everyone expected them to win a championship in the very first year. So there were just such high expectations that there was no way these guys were going to stay if they had to settle for anything less. And, you know, Pierce left after one year and Garnett was dealt in the trade one and a half years later. So I, I really don't think that it would have been worthwhile unless it, was, it led to a championship in the first, I don't know, two years. Yeah. Everyone expected it in the first year, though. Yeah, so do you, do you think it was more about tampering expectations for Nets fans? You know, some people started with a realistic idea. I like to think I'm more realistic than a lot of the fan base. So the fact that there was so much hype around this team kind of just uh, set the team up to fail right off the bat. <laughs> Well, now, now you know to to look to the future from a from a Nets point of view. Uh, Boston fans will, you know, now basically be rooting for the Nets because sports is strange, and they'll they'll now want the Kyrie trade to look even better. Um, some believe that with the additions of the summer, you know, Marks and his his front office have done a fantastic job considering the lack of assets. The Nets may take some positive steps. Um, and and last year, to be honest, when from a Boston point of view, last year when we we looked on at the team, you know, and and, and you know, a lot of the Boston fan base were uh, rooting for for a for a Brooklyn loss on a nightly basis. But now and then, at times, they got worried because you know when Lynn was healthy and Lopez was healthy simultaneously, uh, the Nets had Boston fans genuinely worried that they could kind of drop the value of the pick. Um, you know, do do you think that they can take make some progress this year based on what they've done over the summer? I think the Nets are highly underrated in the aspect that they have accomplished a lot this offseason. Like, they haven't signed many free agents. I, th- I believe the first, you know, like, I don't want to say major guy, but someone who wasn't undrafted or whatever, their main signing would be Tyler Zeller. And everyone else they acquired through trades. But it's not like these guys are no names. You know, there's D'Angelo Russell, Alan Crabb. And the Nets also let players go through those deals. Like, we no longer have Andrew Nicholson. And uh, whoever else was involved in the trades, we also got uh, an experienced veteran who I want to see a lot more out of. So it's Mari Carroll. I think, for your guys' sake, that we will be not in the top in the top five lottery picks. And I know some Celtics fans have been expressing their I don't know somewhat now changed views on the Nets because of the trade. It was a very interesting dynamic right after the trade. I thought for the most part of the offseason, general NBA fans, you know, Celtics fans included, have been talking down on the Nets. So I take this positivity to heart anyway. Like, I really like to see teams, um, other teams' fans and other fan bases compliment the Nets because this team is better than the record speaks for. So yeah, yeah, because there was a lot of lo- losses last year where they were competitive right until the final buzzer. You know, it, it wasn't like they were being blown away every every single game. Exactly. But I I, I feel as though obviously it's it's a strange dynamic, like you said, because you know Boston fans will now be kind of trying to make the trade look even better for them by the Nets being better than the majority expected. And actually, I think that um, 
in my personal opinion, I think the Nets pick could be around the same area as that Lakers pick that Celtics acquired in the Philly trade. So I actually think that that might be the case because, like you said, Damari Carroll is going to bring some experience and steeliness to the team. Alan Crabb was, was brilliant a couple of years ago. Not not great last year, but he could he could obviously improve and add something, you know, with a fresh start and a new location. Uh, but what do you think you'll get out of D'Angelo Russell? You know, he's he's definitely going to be a very good point guard in the future. Do you think he's ready to to lead a team? I don't think he'll be leading the team, so he doesn't have to worry about that. That leadership role is still designated to Jeremy Lin, and I'm sure Russell will be learning a lot from Lin in his first season in Brooklyn. I mean, D'Angelo Russell, he's only 21 years old. I expect him to kind of, you know, come out of that shell he has in Los Angeles and that cloud that hangs over the team with his feud with Nick Young and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So just the fact that he's now on a new team with, I guess, a fresh start, I expect him to perform, you know, he's going to be our store, he's going to be our starter as a shooting guard alongside Lynn. So there's definitely a lot of load on him to carry the team, but he's not going to be the leader. So that's less pressure on him. And I know the team will be able to, you know, work around him and he'll just try to feel more comfortable in a new setting. Yeah, because, the you know, the Lakers, when they drafted uh, Russell, uh, obviously long before they dr they drafted Lonzo, they, they saw him as a possible um, franchise face, you know, a franchise mm -hmm. piece. Uh, do you think that kind of, obviously you mentioned his, his, his age, he's still got a long way to go, but do you, do you think that he could one day be a kind of franchise guy? I don't know if the Nets expect that out of him or, you know, another different, another player on the team. You know, I see Cal Karis Levert potentially becoming that guy. So the Nets have a lot of young players that I don't really want to put a franchise piece label on yet. And that's because we haven't really seen where these guys are headed in terms of player development quite yet. They're still in their very early stages of the NBA career. So I think in one or two more seasons, I'll be able to tell who is going to be that franchise cornerstone. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so obviously you mentioned Karis LeVert, um, who I watched, you know, from afar a lot last year, and I, and I thought that he looked really promising. Um, do you think that he can he can be an important part of the rotation uh, in the future and part of the young core of the Brooklyn Nets team? As far as where the team stands right now, it's a bit unclear where LeVert will fall in their rotations. The Starting small forward role is between him and Alan Crabb. So I personally think the starting gig is going to go to Crabb. That doesn't mean Levert isn't going to get a lot of playing time, though. It's probably just more like a starter by name type thing. Yeah. Because the Nets are a team that has guys like Randy Foy starting last season. Yeah. And they still want to see a lot of player development out of the young guys. So I'm sure Levert is still going to get those that huge uptick in minutes, you know, in the okay. late 20s, and early where 30s, Where do you see Damari Carroll falling So he's going to definitely get a lot of playing time. Yeah, Damari Carroll, that's an interesting person, too. I know I've seen some places that have him starting. I don't know about that. Um, I, I might have interrupted you there. We'll edit this one out, but I might have interrupted you, but that's because I lost you and I thought you just stopped speaking. Oh. <laughs> so, so, so somebody, somebody will edit that out. No problem. All right. Um, so where, where we, obviously we talked about Karis Levert there. Okay. So, um, 
the loss in the trade for D'Angelo Russell, uh, you lost a big a big piece of the, the squad from last year. Um, what do you think of the loss of Brooke Lopez? Do you think that will be a significant step down at the position? I think we're just going to have to see a lot of other players carry the nets on offense because Brooke was our leading scorer for what, like almost his entire career here in mm-hmm. Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting because you don't really see on most teams, their center being the guy who carries most of the offense. And mm-hmm. Timothy Mozgov probably isn't going to be that guy for the Nets. You're just going to have to see a wider distribution in terms of points. I know Brooke lacked on the rebounding end, so the Nets' new addition of Mozgov would definitely help there. There is definitely no one who, <laughs> no one on the Nets who is going to be able to score the way Brooke did. And he just added his three-point shot last season, too, so I'm sure Los Angeles will be enjoying that. Other than that, though, I don't know what this team is going to look like until they hit the floor. <laughs> yeah, Brook really started to look quite effective from the from the perimeter, and uh, he was kind of becoming even more multifaceted in his game. Uh, it's, a, it's a real shame, but obviously when you're a team like like Brooklyn, it's best to look to the future. And I, th- I think that was a bit of a win-win from my point of view. Uh, getting Russell for the future and 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 getting a kind of uh, a Lopez um, going the other other way, who is obviously not getting any any younger. Um, you guys picked up um, Tyler Zeller as you mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um, he was always fairly solid, in my opinion, for the Celtics. But because the team is in a kind of unique space in which they're trying to contend and then simultaneously rebuild, fans became impatient with him, labeling him labeling him soft, you know, from time to time. What do you think that he can bring in terms of his importance for the team um, and what his actual abilities will shine for the team? As far as importance goes, I'm not sure how much playing time he's going to get. I know the Mm. Nets needed to add, like, that third player in terms of bigs and some guy who can, you know, play center. But... um, It was actually interesting because I was talking to some other guys who cover the Nets and we were all talking about like, which Zeller is this? And that's, that's probably (laughs) clear about like how much we know about Tyler Zeller. (laughs) And yeah. (laughs) Well, the answer is he's the worst one. Well, that, that definitely makes me feel better. (laughs) (laughs) So just to, just as a final question, are there any hard feelings in terms of, you know, intensely hard feelings for Boston Celtics fans and Brooklyn Nets fans? Or can we be friends now? I mean, do you guys hate us? <laughs> not, no, absolutely not. But we did want you to lose a lot for the last couple of years. Well, that, that's very rude of you guys. I mean, <laughs> I, like that. I like Isaiah Thomas. I'm sad you guys got rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you very much for your insights, Andy. It's, you know, it's been a pleasure talking. Uh, do you have anything that you want to plug that you're currently working on? I am actually working on a piece for Brooklyn.com. It should drop tomorrow, if not sometime this week. I'm writing about how the Nets were didn't really do much in free agency, but they were still active and have actually improved by doing less. Right, and even even anyone can check that out. It's on which website, sorry, and is it brooklyn.com? Yes, it'll be on brooklyn.com. 
Right. Okay. So we're just about done for today's pod. Uh, be sure to keep checking out the Celtics Life site as the preseason approaches. Things will start to heat up. Check out the links at the top of CelticsLife.com. We have a huge variety of shirts and hoodies in our store, and you can get you can even get tickets to the next game under that heading. You can find the pod on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and most podcatcher apps. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, be sure to rate us five stars. If you don't like something or have a suggestion, make sure to let us know with a comment on any Celtics Live article or on Twitter with the hashtag, hashtag CLPod. We're always trying to bring you the Celtics coverage that you want, the way you like it. Until next time, I've been, I've been Josh Corner. I've been joined by Sandy Moy of Celtics Live. So long, farewell. well.